This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 12, September 25th, 2018. It was 91 degrees in Garage Logic on this day in 1920, the record temperature. Uh, much coming up, including, unfortunately, more on Kavanaugh, the failed academy, and a woman who refused to pull over for the police because she said she's driving a Prius. How precious. All of this and more brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Two items of business before we get to it. Actually, three. Uh, We're going to have on Dr. Tom Combs tomorrow. Excellent. He is uh, he's an excellent source on the opioid crisis in this country and also uh, what I'm now reading in the European tabloids, uh, the another impending Ebola crisis. And what I wish to explore with him is, why do only the tabloids cover that? My suspicion it might be because they uh, sense the sensationalist, sensationalism aspect of it. Hmm. But we're going to have him on tomorrow. Okay. Dr. Tom Combs, who's transitioning into a a novelist writing medical thrillers. With accuracy. Uh, Anna from Matamidi writes, Loving the podcast. I know you don't do this, but my grandson, Mark Winter, just had surgery. He has met with the crew and was very upset when he heard you would be off the live broadcast. He was happy to hear that you would continue as a podcast. He will be at our house with Grandpa, recovering from having his tonsils and adenoids out. I was hoping you could wish him well. No, Anna, you know that we don't do that. That trend continues with the podcast. Yeah. No birthdays, no anniversaries, no special recognition because you got your tonsils out or anything like that. Uh, I don't. I, I wished. Uh, I, I sincerely hoped that the Bert and Ernie controversy had disappeared. <laughs> uh oh. But I continue to receive notes about it. And this one from uh, H. Allen Vonderhoff. Uh, he said, "Lister from '99 and podcaster from Manchester, New Hampshire, since '06." Uh, met my wife Nancy in New Hampshire and got her hooked on you guys. Glad you're still around, a highlight of my day. And he said, you may want to check out this link. And he linked me to, uh, I believe it's a Wikipedia page, our Bert and Ernie named after characters from It's a Wonderful Life. I have seen this. I I have not previously. Uh, It has been uh, uh, stated in numerous articles, websites, and television shows that Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street were named after two characters from the film It's a Wonderful Life. Bert was the policeman, and Ernie was the cab driver. Apparently, this comes up often around Christmas time. Uh, Yes. All right. I have never heard this before. Neither have I. Uh, And again, the the, uh, producers of Sesame Street deny this. Uh, There's never been an official confirmation that this is why they're named that. They just like the names. So there you have it. Huh. I think that's... I think that's kind of neat, and I also think that, um, I, I don't know if you guys knew this part, 
But every time Bert and Ernie made love, somebody would get their wings. Really? Really? Another another wonderful life reference that maybe maybe uh really? maybe you didn't. Maybe somebody we're jumping right into it all. We're all in here, I think, huh? Do you like to uh <laughs> Thank you, Zuzu? Stop it. Oh my god. Do you like do you like to dine outdoors? Yes. Reeves? You mean outside on a, like a Call rooftop? Uh, you like to eat outside? It de- Give it de- me a call. It depends. No, no. Here. If I'm in the yeah. city, I really don't. Really? I do, no matter yes, where I am. I want to be outside. I would insist that uh, no uh, group of Americans enjoy sitting outside to dine more than Minnesotans. Well, sure, because yes. we only get so many days a year. Do you year. know who you can credit for that? Quite specifically, um, we just lost her. A great living American, Barbara Flanagan. Really? Oh, the uh, yes, from just the, died uh, at the age of ninety-four. Yep. She was with the Star and the Tribune for decades and decades and decades. A real pioneering woman in the field, and she uh, can take single-handedly credit for getting you out onto sidewalks in uh, outdoor cafes. That was mm-hmm. one of her cause celebs. She was kind of what a, a gossip columnist should be. Yeah, but she was a good one. Yes, that's what I mean. As opposed to the ones you have now. That's what I mean. She yeah. was, and it wasn't uh, negative, and she was upbeat, and it was she was pleasant. Well, here's the story. Uh, she first encountered outdoor dining while on assignment in snowy Copenhagen in 1949. I think papers used to be so flush. I think she had 16 overseas assignments. Wow. She met every president from Truman to H.W. Okay. She just, she was quite the quite the piece of work. Yeah. I knew Barbara. I had never met her, but I enjoyed her column. She she encountered this outdoor cafe sensation while on assignment in Copenhagen in 1949, only to return home and discover that they were banned in Minneapolis. Mm. I did not know that. That changed in 1972 when city council member John Darris drafted a sidewalk cafe-friendly ordinance. Barbara Flanagan kept saying it was a good idea and that we should do it, Darris told the Star Tribune in 2015. And I agreed with her, so I introduced the resolution that passed, and the rest is history. Uh, she was she was absolutely fervent about that and the Nicollet Mall, and she cared deeply uh, about the nature and culture of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not in an obsequious way. She was, uh, she was ahead of the curve, just ahead of the curve in terms of embracing... Uh, well, in her own way, I guess urban density, but not not in a central planning form of urban gotcha. de- urban density that we get today from the people in the salon. Maybe she was more like celebrate it, but don't worship it. That's right, and she was uh, she was just fantastic. Uh, she pushed for a more beautiful and livable Minneapolis. She never stopped that. Uh, she noted that some developers are devoted to uglification, and she didn't like that. And uh, uh, her singular tenure at the newspaper made her not only an agent of change, but a living institution. Uh, here's a measure of her outsized influence on the Twin Cities. At her public retirement party in the IDS Crystal Court, 960 members of her devoted readership lined up to have their photos taken with her. Isn't that something? Wow. Uh, she served on the boards of the Minnesota Orchestra, American Swedish Institute, the Hennepin Center for the Arts. Governor Wendell Anderson appointed her... Uh, 
to the state Bicentennial Commission. In 1978, she received the YWCA's first Outstanding Achievement Award. And in 1970 and 72, she received Achievement achievement Awards from the Minneapolis Committee on Urban Environment for persistent and skillful efforts for a more beautiful city and surrounding area. She never lost the carriage of a person who had spent ages 3 through 18 at her mother's dance studio in Des Moines. She was a native of Des Moines. Hmm. So uh, God rest you, uh, uh, Barbara Flanagan, quite, a, quite an institution in the, in the uh, Star Tribune and the Star, the Tribune, and uh, really covered it all. But what changed? In what sense? Well, because I, when I read that piece on her today, obviously she was lauded. She was successful. She had this great career. But why all of a sudden now is there just a completely different style with basically that same type of column? I don't think that I don't think the type of stuff she wrote exists today. Yeah, I guess that's my point. You know what what changed? Why is that? Because I would still be interested in reading stuff like that today. You mean the not not the gotcha? It's more but the, yeah, it's more, more sensationalistic and on it's, edge. What passes for a gossip column in Minneapolis uh, is 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 mean spirited. Yes, at heart, it it has nothing to do with capturing the essence of a city, and uh, it's just. Uh, it's just it's not up to the grade of of a Barbara Flanagan who who, who rose above me. She had no cause to be mean spirited. She didn't play gotcha. She she was truly interested in uh, the heart of the city becoming uh, beautiful and livable and dine outside. And she's if you like dining outside, that's who you think. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until I read this obit that no was idea. outlawed. Oh, that was prevented. Yeah. For what reason? I, I, you know, could it have been was it an outlaw a health code thing? No, it must have been. Uh, uh, it, it must have been a th- what a throwback to Victorian values. You must you must eat indoors. Oh. I don't know. Well, there, there was a if it was outlawed, there would have been a reason. Hell, you'll sit by a dumpster today. You'll go out in the alley <laughs> and sit by a dumpster. Yeah. That first sixty yeah. degree day. We're oh, out it's there. incredible. <laughs> People, absolutely, I think in the Twin Cities. Uh, embrace that more than any other city I've been in. Well, like Reaver said, it's cherished, though, because of the limitations. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, remember when we got that really nice stretch of weather in February? It was around It was around Valentine's Day, where it got into February, the f- okay. 50s or 60s. Yeah. I remember being out with some friends, and someone asked for a patio seat. Oh, I, I guarantee you. I think it's the middle of I February. I guarantee you there right. are people who probably have it as a goal to eat outdoors in every month of the calendar year. Ah, uh, that would see that's too much. I I want to I don't want to sit out there and shiver. No, but they I got don't those sweaty. They either. got the heaters. Those big gas heaters. I know, but when you're grabbing for that glass and your hands start shaking. Although that was cool that's during That's not the, why your hands shake. No, it's not. No. But that was cool <laughs> during the, during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Some of those outdoor things that they had set up with the big gas heaters and whatnot. That was pretty cool. Well, you can thank Barbara Flanagan. Thanks, Barbara. Did you, I forgot to ask, did you stay for this year's Super Bowl or did you leave at halftime like you did in Houston? I never, I didn't. You uh, weren't in the building, right? I did, I did not go to the game oh, in, okay. when I was in Minneapolis. Okay. No. It'll be a long time before it ever comes back here. Um, speaking of the football and the Super Bowl, um, my friend that works at the airport uh, worked there today, mm-hmm. and Viking fever is running 
wild. There were chargers. People are going to L.A. It was purple and really? gold. Really? What? This person tells me a sea of purple and gold. Really? Yes. I didn't know Viking fans traveled well. I didn't know that either. I've been to a few away <laughs> games, and there's always been. But these were legitimate charter flights, not just. This wasn't team-oriented. This was actual people that were buying tickets and going to L.A. for the. Uh, no, this is what this has had to do wow. uh, through the team. It wasn't just random people. Going to L.A. where well, John in the purple. Speaking of the the Vikings, what are we to make of the behavior of Everson Griffin? Did we close the chapter on Barbara Flanagan? We kind of I think got I should. I think okay. I should. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Uh, uh, I just wanted to note that she's responsible when you have a burger and a beer outside. That was her doing. I love that, especially in that about seventy nine degree night mm. when it's about six o'clock. Strong sources have indicated, without challenge, that is it Everson? Yes, Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, was lying on the floor of the lobby yeah. of the of the Ivy Hotel. That's what two and a half year olds do. Well, it's re- what two and a half year olds do. Everson, the way I read into it, he has got some really bad demons. Wow, um, he's being treated at a local hospital right now for what some are speculating is a mental disorder. Really, um, which is, I mean, you hope you hope he gets the help he needs um, because he had some problems. Before the Vikings even drafted him, when he was a college player out at USC, where he had a number of arrests and people were wondering because he was a first round talent, but fell to the Vikings in the fourth round because Underth they were pick. worried about his character. Hundredth pick overall, yeah, but you, a couple of times in the Pro Bowl. Well, he's think, turned into a good player. Yeah, yeah. Early on, CTE. Possibly, no, because or he hasn't been this is behavior that that's that that's shown its face when he was in oh, you know when okay. he was still in college. Okay. Well, I have to I have to echo what Rook said. That every time I read something like that, I wonder if it's the result of yeah well, head injuries. You can't argue it. That's for sure because we've seen evidence from other players. Um, what in the, the past. hell is what? He's lying on the floor of a hotel lobby at one thirty in the afternoon. Well, and you wonder too if that if 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 there were any other you know if he was under the influence in any way. And we just we don't know because uh, you know we we don't know exactly the specifics of what happened. And we just it's all hearsay at this point. Yeah, but it it it's been pretty well documented that we're we're not on uh, unsound ground here. Uh, according to the report, at one point staff members moved to the back of the office while Griffin paced around in the lobby. Yeah, police dispatch audio archived online includes a dispatcher saying that the suspect said to the staff that if someone wouldn't let him in his room, that he was going to shoot someone. But the coppers never found a gun. No. Uh, at one point, the report said the caller stated that Griffin threatened to assault staff members and was laying on the lobby floor. Now, it's interesting to note also, he was never arrested. No. But he was taken from his home in an ambulance. And then there was another report, unconfirmed, uh, a couple of years ago that this somewhat similar situation happened to. But again, nothing is confirmed at this point. So what, did he forget his keys? They're not sure. No. Because the hotel isn't isn't saying much either. Yeah, they're usually pretty quiet. The Vikings check into a hotel that early on a Saturday? Well, sure, you gotta gotta go to the meetings. Gotta huh? get there. And you gotta make sure they're all there too. You gotta have the meetings. Yeah, you gotta have the meetings. And now a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Another new song added to the bumper music approved selection here on the Garage Logic podcast. Lead Me On by Digby and Jones. 
Well, I was in touch yesterday with a friend of mine in Gunnison, Colorado, who writes songs for a local Minneapolis group, and he's going to call that group and have them give us permission to play their music when we receive it. Fantastic. I want this show to be able to break out new local music. That would be great. It's a, pecu- it's a peculiarity of podcasting that you can't use copyrighted music. That's an FCC regulation. I don't know the difference. I don't know why you can on live radio and you can't on a podcast. Rook, go ahead. Yep, I defer. Uh, <laughs> because they paid their bill. They paid the uh, ASCAP and BMI boys and uh, their license to do so. Michael Avenatti, a lawyer for the adult film star, Stormy Daniels told reporters he was hired by a former employee of both the State Department and the U.S. Mint, a third woman to accuse Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct, will come forward in the next 48 hours, according to Avenatti. Following a Monday hearing over Daniels' lawsuit against Trump and his former lawyer Michael Cohen over a hush money deal, Avenatti told reporters he has been hired by a former employee of both the State Department and the U.S. Mint who has information of a sexual nature about Kavanaugh and his high school friend, Mark Judge. It will relate to how they behaved at countless house parties, Avenatti said. Oh, my God! (laughs) Go away! Avenatti also told reporters that the woman who he did not name has multiple security clearances and will literally risk her life by coming forward. How, How will she risk her life? Because of possible death threats? That's not really risking your life. He called her 100% credible, saying she has multiple witnesses to corroborate her story and would be willing to take a polygraph if Kavanaugh does as well. Kavanaugh did not disclose how his client met Kavanaugh and judge or reveal details on the timing of the conduct. Kavanaugh is scheduled to testify Thursday in front of the state, uh, I'm sorry, in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about allegations. Uh, we, We know all that. All right. Uh, and then we also know that Sunday, the New Yorker magazine published allegations from Deborah Ramirez, a former Yale classmate who doesn't remember a damn thing. Most of the feedback I'm getting say the left is just terrified that somehow, uh, however tangentially, he could be uh, he could be instrumental in overturning Roe versus Wade. And abortion is uh, is so paramount to Mysterians that they can't uh, stomach that thought. Uh, I don't know that he would be able to do that or not. Uh, I don't know why it would settled law at this point. Right. right. I don't know why that would would come up. It it seems, but that seems to be at the bottom of this. That it, what what seems to be at the bottom of this is is the absolute fear by the by the progressive Mysterian left that somehow uh, abortion would somehow become illegal again in the country, hmm. and and in order to, to to prevent that, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to get rid of this guy. Can't really run your life on just one. You know, a perch, one subject. But how about this? This is another one that's just so light on information. Hey, I got her coming out in the next 48 hours. Yeah. You wait and see. Look out. And she. this is how they acted at high school parties. Well, you know what? Everybody acted like an idiot at a high school party. The elephant in the room seems to be alcohol clouding everybody's memory. Boy, I've been there, done that. Well, I mean, after isn't, it, isn't, that, isn't that the case? Yes. Though? Yeah, it really is. Ramirez, this the second accuser, the reason she can't remember anything is she admits that she was plastered. She was laying on the floor, groggy. Right. Well, that makes you a not credible witness. Correct. I don't know what this latest one's going to do, and I don't know how Avenatti got involved. 
And it's really digging, digging, digging. If it, okay, if it comes to that, that uh, he partied in high school like ninety nine percent of uh, of high school students. I didn't. What? I did not party in high school. Sup, lose. I was deathly afraid of getting kicked off the hockey team if I would have uh, had a beer. I got you. I never did a. I never uh, did a thing in high school. You know what? I never had a drop of alcohol either in high school. Not a drop. Nope. Not a drop. You guys are really making me feel bad here. <laughs> Considered myself a, uh, a a pro early well, on. Let's be honest. I've I've made up for it since. Yeah, yeah then. you caught up. You know, you were you uh, you caught up. Yeah, you guys got a head start. Well, I'm not saying I was Otis freshman year, but I'm just. Do you have your own cell? <laughs> I your worked own at, key? You know, I worked at the movie theater. Yeah. There's and... no alcohol at a movie theater. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll stop there. <laughs> but I worked I worked with juniors and seniors, so I I, I guess I was a, not mature, but I was. A, it was around me somewhat. Am Wait I, a minute. Wasn't that the, what was the story? Wasn't it? Was it you that had the story of the the bottles rolling out of the backpack? No, that's uh, that's, that's when Roycey went to take his driver's license test. All the empty bottles rolled out from under the front seat. Yeah. Now that my former brother-in-law Benji Mann is no longer with us, yeah. not that he probably didn't know already, but in that ice machine at the Highland Theater, if yep. you went deep, you could probably find some uh, special export <laughs> cans. Still, you had to go really machine. to the bottom, but that yeah. was a good place to hide it and keep the beer cold. Sure. Well, in any event, it is uh, it is the elephant in the room in these accusations. Uh, you have uh, 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 women who are drinking at least as much as the guys, it sounds like. And, and well, now yeah. they have these hazy memories of something happening to them. And they, uh, you know, Ford sounds a little more credible than Ramirez. Ramirez doesn't sound credible at all. If you have to sit for, what, six days to yeah. remember? Well, or? Plus, you got to meet with your lawyer. Right. Oh, well, now my memory's coming. It's kind of coming back. Coming back and he's it, coaching. It, it was Kevin. Yeah, come on, let's go. Finish it up. Okay. Did you see? Uh, did you see yesterday where he announced uh, uh, basically uh, that he uh, never engaged in any sexual activity whatsoever until he got married? And his wife kind of looked at him like, "Hmm. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking that's all right. I. I don't know what to think anymore. Right." I think most of us waited till marriage. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to think that. Yep, yeah, it is. Really is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everybody should. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Yep. Yeah. We're not running for anything. We're, We're not, not running for I'm running from everything. Yeah. I'm not running for anything. No. I wouldn't survive it. Uh, but it's just tawdry. It's just a shame. And and now here's this uh, this porno star's lawyer, Avenetti. Coming out and seeing, I got one too. She's coming forward. And if this is if this is the worst. It's uh, okay. I'm not trying to excuse any any ill behavior, but if that's the worst, that's not really that bad. It's come to this: a Supreme Court nomination is being determined by 16 and 17 year old girls. Okay. Well, right. Okay. And, and and when we say that again, we're not trying to dismiss any type of sexual. Uh, allegations of impropriety or anything like that, but if if there's if there's some concrete evidence, then you have something. But what I'm saying is the hearsay is is go away. Well, he's been presumed guilty. It's the other supposed to be the other way around. You're you're supposed to be presumed innocent until you're found uh, you're found guilty, mm. and that just doesn't seem to be what's happening here. I'll well, be what? interested in the latest allegation to see how flimsy that is.
So what's the next move? When do uh, Ford appears in court separately from Kavanaugh and another isolated yeah, room? goes down Thursday. You know, complicating this is that the president, God love him, the economy's booming. Uh, he, he just has no moral ground to stand on. Mm. That, that That's a complicating factor. It would be one thing if he was, uh, you know, pure as a driven snow and, and was suffering through these accusations, but he's he's admitted his own sexual misadventures over the years. Right. They, 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 so he, he he's not the he's not the figure of moral integrity you can turn to right. in this case. Right. You know. And and there's Kavanaugh saying I'm defending myself. I I have to be able to prove that I my moral integrity is intact and always has been. And uh I, I hope he succeeds. I have no idea what, what will happen. No idea whatsoever. And and now this Avenatti's latest client will uh, further complicate matters. But I have I, no idea. If I was a uh, a euphorian and I was at the higher, you know, upper echelon, I think I would try to stifle these people from saying, hey, you know what? Don't You're not helping out the cause. It's cheapening with these people coming out and the time. It's kind of – it's diminishing the um, – out of the, the weight – of these allegations. Do you agree or no? Uh, that's not the way the Me Too movement would think. Uh, they don't care. We discussed this yesterday. They're willing to throw away this guy's 30 years of service in order to get a victory over him uh, for stuff that happened 35, 32 <laughs> years ago. Mm. So his his work as an adult doesn't count. Uh, there being no evidence of his behavior of this nature during this last 32 years, that doesn't count. It, so it does it does reek of a political gambit to get rid of this guy because the left is terrified of a strict constitutionalist. He's not a mysterian. He's absolutely not a mysterian. But it's not over yet either, is it? No, it's not over. Thursday we find out. It ain't over till it's over. Okay. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchelet. Man, people, hu- human, human kind, people, human got losing sight of their relationship with nature. Emailer Tim alerted me to this. Park rangers arrested a, stu- a tourist after he walked onto the old faithful geyser and apparently took a leak into it in front of hundreds of horrified tourists at Yellowstone National Park. Oh no. <laughs> Video of the Friday incident has been widely shared online after a Wyoming woman recorded rangers screaming at the man to get off the dangerous geyser known for spewing boiling water. Boy, the reporters love this spewing word, don't they? Spew. They really do. Rangers confirmed the incident but have refused to release the man's identity on charges or the charges he faces. The man who was wearing a black shirt and maroon pants ignored multiple warning signs, and left a protective boardwalk to reach the hot spring. This is the park service. A ranger yells to the man in the video, get on the boardwalk. <laughs> Wyoming, you know what? I would have left him. I would have, too. I wouldn't yes. have even bothered. Rookie, I just forwarded it to you. He's oh, trying to find it online. I have to find it. Wyoming resident Ashley Lemansky captured the incident on video, which also captured the incredulous reactions from tourists 
as the man appeared to unzip his pants and stand over the steaming geyser. The geyser erupts on an irregular schedule of anywhere between 35 to 120 minutes, sending superheated water more than 100 feet into the air. Lemansky declined to be interviewed, but confirmed the authenticity of the video. God, he's lucky he's not dead. Look at his mugshot. <laughs> wow, he's just standing right at the edge of it, taking a whiz. Scroll down, you can see his mugshot. After being yelled at by a ranger, the man laid down and apparently put his head into the geyser opening before getting up and walking safely away. Rangers responded and arrested him, and he was charged with multiple violations, said park spokesman Neil Herbert. Herbert declined to say whether the man had actually urinated into the geyser. Uh, all right. Over the past hundred years, dozens of people have been killed or injured by the hot springs, uh, and this this moron ignored the warning signs. Uh, in 2016, a tourist who illegally left the boardwalk fell into a nearby geyser and died, uh, and then was dissolved by its boiling acidic waters. Wow. Sure, that's what happens to you. Why risk that? Especially because you're your... a moron. You've lost your relationship with nature. You have no respect for it. Another hot spring immediately adjacent to Old Faithful contains the bones of a bison that fell in and died. More people have been killed or injured by the hot springs features than any other feature in this park. They're an incredibly dangerous environment, the park ranger said. What is with his mouth? <laughs> now, you look at his mugshot. What the hell? See, I have one. I, that's my main question about this story. I, I'm not surprised a moron uh, would do this uh, because they've lost their relationship with nature. But this guy, what I'm wondering is, why was he at the park? In the he doesn't look like a candidate to go to a national park. You're right. Uh, <laughs> I see him more urban. He's I see got, him. He's got his his tattoo is his uh, appears to make his mouth look stitched shut. He looks like the Joker. Yeah, he That's thinks the, he does, but that, it's a really ding it's ding, ding tattoo. Ding. You're right. Right. It's like somebody that was really hammered said, "Let me draw something on your face, and it's all over." But I mean, I I can see. You know, the station wagon with mom and dad and the two kids. Let's go to Yellowstone. We've read about it. We've heard about it all our lives. Let's, yep. What the hell was this guy doing there? He just right. doesn't seem like a viable candidate to uh, to want to see the wonders of the earth. He looks like a complete idiot. Yeah, it just, he looks like he's not there. No, he got the blank look. He must have been hammered. Uh, I think he was. Because it says uh, in the story... Uh, faces four separate charges for his stunts at Yellowstone. He was spotted hopping over fences and barricades at two geysers. He was arrested Wednesday after he allegedly drove drunk, led police on a chase, and hit a patrol car. Okay, that's another question I have. What? Having been to Yellowstone, yeah. uh, we just previously had a story of someone failing their relationship with uh, Yellowstone, and they too were drunk. Well, you can't, there's no bar in there. What are you, are you bringing in your own cooler and then Maybe just getting hammered and then act like a fool? Just like Highland Theater, I guess. Uh, he went deep into the deep uh, into the ice, ice bucket. <laughs> yeah, you bet. He was saving some money. He started at home. I just don't. Uh, I, then again, I've offered you this definition before. News is basically a compilation of the weird things that happen to people or the weird things that people do. That that's what news. Is. Yes. And and but uh, it is if you if you go to the video or what did we say at USA Today the USA Today story has a has the video link to it. But it really looks bizarre that he's just standing there, and that 
you know, could erupt at any time, of course. Well, and there's no one within, what, 100 yards of where he is? Yes. Yeah. Because that's how unsafe that area is. Well, if it had go, if, if the geyser erupted, the guy would have Well, died. he's done. He's died. He died. See, but he's the kind of guy I don't want to see if I go to a national no. park. I don't want to run right. into this guy. Right. I want I want to run into other people who are equally in awe of their surroundings as I might be. I don't I don't want to deal with this guy. What did you see? I'm really being a curmudgeon, aren't I? Yeah, no. you really are. You're getting off of my lawn guy. Yeah, right yeah, I am. I am. Did you see um, Old Faithful when you went there during yes. the winter? Yes. And what describe? Well, it shoots water into the. No, air. no, no. I mean, like, was there a bunch of snow around there, and it melts all the snow, or? Well, there's no snow in the actual geyser basin because that's continually warm. But yeah, the park I went there to go snowmobiling. But it, it doesn't like shoot out and melt all the snow around it. There wasn't any snow there to begin with. Okay, <laughs> I'll try this once more. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not joking. I, <laughs> no, it's I, you, you stumbling. Unfortunately, I realized that. Right, you stumbling upon. <laughs> oh, I've never been there on Old Faithful. Well, a, you don't stumble upon it. It's mm. it's a it's, it's one of there. the main attractions in the yeah. park. And people gather there, uh, hoping to to catch uh, to catch the timing of it, or take a leak. And then you stand around, <laughs> and then it goes off. You you could be standing in snow watching it. Just imagine uh, a, a little pond, uh, and out of the center of that pond comes the old faithful erupting. Every pool or a pond. Pond yeah. would be good for you. Yeah, natural spring. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't cast its spray over four miles and melt all the snow. Okay, so it just goes. Poof. Yep. And the water hits. But if there was no people cheer and oh yeah. How close are you to it if you're if you're abiding by all the laws? Oh, I bet I was. Oh, I'm thinking back now. Two hundred yards. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So you're safe. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have a relationship with nature. You think I'm going to bust my way through the crowd and no. say, "Let me in there." I'm getting on the boardwalk. I need a selfie. You were not going to dissolve yourself. No, I, that I would not do that. That would terrify me. Well, that's on the bucket list. I got to go to Yellowstone. Well, don't do anything stupid. Uh, no, be, I because uh, it's uh, uh, it's dangerous as hell. I respected the bison. I didn't get close to him. Wasn't that it? Wasn't it some other drunk who? Oh, that was it. It was a guy who got out of oh, his car, yeah. yes. and he tried to play matador with one of the buffaloes. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yes, and he was hammered. He was, yeah, he was pretty well, record up. He was he with his family, or did a family report him? I don't know. He got out of a car and then uh, played matador, and then what? Got back in a car That's and they it. got him and yeah. nailed him and. Uh, when you go to a national park, that's the last thing you want to have to deal with. The authorities. No, the drunks drunk oh, tattoos yeah. of the Joker across their mug. Right. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. All right, listen up, you knuckleheads. Yeah, bro. Randy White writes... Please tell me how to rate each show again in print. Have Rookie say it slowly. Yep. And also have Rookie say his email address and Reaver's email address again, too. Thank you. Randy, the Lumberjack Days was too successful guy. All right. Okay. The show is rated only on iTunes, and you do have to be a subscribed iTunes member. So if you have a, you know, if you're, if, if you have the music service on iTunes, you can rate the show. 
GL is free, by the way, on iTunes, If for those that might ask, because you have to buy music when you're on iTunes. That's the only way you can rate the show. And the reason we suggest that is it's a, a tool to help other people find the show, thus growing the audience and keeping GL alive. What was the other question? Email addresses. Oh, uh, rookie at garagelogic.com, gljoe at garagelogic.com, C Reavers, R E U V E R S, at garagelogic.com. Well, I got another one here. Check this out. Uh, I've got an email follow up from yesterday, too. Um, it concerns. Um, it concerns the IKEA uh, CEO. <laughs> Did you see that one? No. They have not. It's from Kevin, of course, uh, who's our, our buddy of uh, Tommy. Uh, you were correct about the IKEA founder passing away a few months back. The family still has not held a service for him. I did not know this. Oh no! Why? Rumor has it they're still trying to put his <laughs> casket together. <laughs> that is pretty. That's bad. funny. <laughs> Hey, listen to this one. Hey, Joe, I understand you have to run ads to pay for the podcast, but every time the podcast begins with the insanely annoying Ariana Grande ad, ad at double the volume, it makes me want to beat my face against the stereo and then set my car on fire. But I do like the podcast. Good luck, Andy Rasmussen. What's that all about? I have no idea. That's probably a podcast one. It is. So the lo- the short- <laughs> Selling the show. Uh- the, short- the short answer is... We only control so much of the inventory surrounding the ads around the GL podcast. So Podcast One has probably been smart enough to say, this show is fairly successful. Let's uh, let's do a T-Mobile ad, for instance, and that happens to have Ariana Grande's voice on it. Well, or, does or KSCP get a taste? Like I said. We only control so much of the inventory. I see. I'm. I'm. You know. You know what? I'm in. I'm in water too deep for me there. That's over my pay grade. That's okay. I don't. Well, you know what? You watch the bobber. We'll tell you what to do. Well, the Star Tribune is stepping up. Apparently, Uh, they've joined a legal effort to unseal the divorce records of uh, Keith Ellison. Ellison and his ex-wife Kim divorced in 2012. The related records have been sealed. So the public cannot access the information. The Star Tribune's motion to intervene and unseal the records follows a similar action by Alpha News, a right-leaning online news and opinion site. The efforts follow allegations by Ellison's ex-girlfriend, Karen Monahan that Ellison domestically abused her in 2016. He has denied that repeatedly, and Monahan continues to press her case in frequent tweets about Keith Ellison. I got to say something. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a Keith Ellison guy. Yep. But is he dealing with play Misty for me here? Is he dealing with, uh, you know? Yeah. We don't know yet. We don't, do we? We don't. We really yeah. don't know yet. Yeah. On Sunday, Monahan tweeted to Ellison, this is not going away and you are making it worse for you, your family, and district by lying, smearing, getting others to do your dirty work, victim shaming, etc. She referred again to a video she says she has of Ellison dragging off her off a bed, which she, which he said did not happen. The Star Tribune argued that given the public interest around that situation and Kim Ellison's public support of her ex-husband, the divorce records are a matter of concern. To the public, uh, divorce records are typically public, but judges will often agree to seal them if both parties to the case agree and no one else objects. The Ellison campaign released a statement from Kim Ellison on behalf of both her and Keith. Our divorce simply isn't the public's business, and therefore when we separated, we jointly asked the court to seal the file. 
Now, one month before a closely contested election for attorney general, a conservative group wants to probe our divorce file in search of something to use against Keith in this race. I am disappointed that the Star Tribune would choose to file this motion. And they're hardly, uh, the Star Tribune, uh, uh, Kim, is hardly, or uh, Allison campaign, is hardly a conservative outfit. Uh, they True. mean joining the Alpha group. Uh, Kim Allison said her ex-husband never abused me in any way before, during, or after our marriage. She said that release of the file would exploit their privacy and the privacy of their children. Uh, Carla Kelberg will be filing a joint opposition on behalf of both Keith and Kim Ellison, according to the notice of the motion filed Monday. Kim Ellison is a member of the Minneapolis Board of Education. A Hennepin County district judge will determine whether the divorce file should be made public. A hearing on the Alpha News motion has been scheduled for October 9, and the Star Tribune requested to have its motion heard then as well. Uh, the newspaper has previously pushed to unseal similar records, including those from Prince's second divorce. Uh, okay. I wonder why more news outlets would not be joining in. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know what those records hide and what we need to know, but... Uh, well, if Kim Allison's telling the truth, uh, she she doesn't have any uh, animosity for her ex-husband. Hmm. Uh if the if the divorce papers show them amicably splitting, then what what's is she the point? what's what's she worried about? Hmm. And believe me, if it, if that's what it shows, the Star Tribune will have yet another editorial uh, praising uh, Keith Ellison. See, we we got the files and we look. There's nothing here. There's nothing <laughs> no. here. He should okay. be the attorney that, general. That could be. Mm-hmm. That could be one of the motives. We live in strange times, don't we? Uh, yes. Just strange, strange times. Uh, where's Height today? He's oh, he's got a. He's not here today. It's Tuesday. Yeah, and Kenny be. Uh, I guess we'll see Kenny tomorrow. Yep, Kenny will be here tomorrow. And uh, he's on his uh, day six of, of his, his weekend. Uh, weekend. <laughs> six day weekend. I'm unbelievable. I wonder <laughs> if the twins will get their game in tonight. Yeah, there is a, a lot ch- of good that does to a podcast listener wondering, hearing me say that tomorrow. Well, but because it, it, it's raining now and they, you know, the season ends Sunday. Isn't that hard to believe? That really is. I mean, it's been a long season. So they're not back on the road. This is it. This is it. And hey, this could be the last couple of games for Joe Mauer. This really could be his last homestand, possibly. Yeah. I got to get down there and say, see you later to Joe. Uh, is there any promise of the weather warming up over as we head to the weekend? I saw a long-term forecast. We're looking at pretty much 60. Oh, man. You know what that is? We don't I... even get a fall here. No, no, we'll get a fall. This man. is don't, kind of don't, fall. Don't worry. Nah. Yeah, we'll okay, here's what I got. Uh, 61s, 52 for the weekend. Oh, me too. Gee 55 whiz. on Monday and then some 60s next week. Gee See you later. Come on. When the... Of course, as a royal <clears throat> order of the 21st-er, I'm, I'm not uh... – yeah, you brought this on yourself. See, September. This is winter. To October. It's November. I'm only three months away from spring. You normal people are starting to suffer. Uh, that's I'm just true. enduring a, a, a nice uh, uh, winter right now. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I, summer was for about two weeks. We had two weeks of summer. Then it was either 95 and sweaty, or now we're already into jumping into fall. May it's, I ask you something? Please. What's the temperature supposed to be? I don't know, but I don't want it to be 60. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't, it isn't even going to be 60 today. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Joe Mauer's last homestand. Wait, that, that hasn't been. Well, Lavelle had the piece a couple of weeks ago hinting that, you know, hey, this 
this might be it for Joe. This is the last year of the big contract. He's got another kid on the way. He's got to, you know, maybe he'll retire and maybe be a lot boy over there. Maddie's saying, hey, 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 let's go here. Come on, I'm, yeah. I'm at home by myself. Joe, do you really want to hang around home at the age of 35? You know what Sushere <laughs> and Rookie and Reavers are doing? You want to you <laughs> be wanna, Patrick Rice? You want to be on a podcast? <laughs> Why don't you get to the ballpark? You know what? If he retires, let's get him on. Uh, I'd be more than happy yeah, to talk. Yeah, he's not far from there. He'll, I'll, I'll call him. He'll come on. Emergency room doc Tom Combs tomorrow. He's an expert on the opioid crisis. He's also extremely knowledgeable about a potential world outbreak of Ebola, although he has he has some reassuring reasons why that might not happen. Uh, but it's all over the tabloids today of another impending Ebola uh, outbreak. And so I called uh, Tom. He's now uh, he's transitioning into a medical uh, thriller novelist so we'll have him tomorrow uh but we'll be back with more garage logic